0: You'll bear with me for just a minute. I'd like everyone who is here. I want everyone who is here who knows somebody else in this room to stand up. Thank you for participating so far. This is good. (laughs) If you are here with somebody you know that you see once a week, I want you to stay standing. And everybody else, just have a seat for a minute. If you are here with somebody you know... And you see and talk to every day, every day, I want you to stay standing. Everybody else have a seat. If you are here with somebody you know, and you see and talk to every day for the last year, I want you to stay standing. And everybody else, I'd like for you to sit down. Now, I want you to look around. Because here in a minute, the Lord will let me get it together. When I talk about knowing somebody, I want you to think about this. Kids and parents, I want you to think about how you know your mom or your dad or your brother or your sister. And husbands and wives, or boyfriends or girlfriends, I want you to think about how you know the other person intimately. Everybody can sit down, please. I want us to begin by considering the difference. Almost all of you who are here, I would say that I know in one way or another. Now, I might know you in the sense that I see you here every year, or I might know you because I shook your hand in a line at a church one day, or I might know you because I've been to your house or spent the night. But I will tell you there is only one person here, physically, that I really know. That's my wife. And that is why marriage is so important. That is why it is an image that we are to uphold at all costs because it is the image of how Christ loves us. It is the image of how we are to know Him and be known by Him and how we are to know each other and to know Him back. We are to have that level of intimate knowledge to know Him the same way that we know Our spouses. The same way that we know our parents. I was so excited a number of years ago to find that I have now known my wife longer than I haven't. Well, What does that mean? That means I'm really not that old, but we met young. And I thank the Lord for that. But that also means as I sat here today and thought about that, that there's somebody else that I have known about as long. That's my Lord. Because I met Him at about the same time. This message today is about knowing God. And I want you to think about all the people that you know, but how many that you truly... Truly know. It's very few. Jeremy said, my title last night, the very last thing he said. He so said, Do you know Jesus? Are you known by Jesus? And Lord willing, we're going to talk about both those things today because I tell you now and contest now that you may think you know Jesus, but the question is, does He know you? Because I thought for many years of my life that I actually knew the Lord when all I knew was about the Lord. Let's look in John chapter 10, please. John chapter 10. We're going to take our text for today. In John chapter 10 and verse 1, we say, "'Verily, verily, I say unto you, "'He that entereth not by the door into the sheepfold, "'but climbeth up some other way, "'the same as a thief and a robber. "'But he that entereth by the door "'is the shepherd of the sheep.'" To him the porter openeth, and the sheep hear his voice, and he calleth his own sheep by name, and leadeth them out. And when he putteth forth his own sheep, he goeth before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. And a stranger they will not follow, but flee from him, for they know not the voice of a stranger." Now we're going to read some more, so keep your Bible open, but I want to pause there for a few minutes and try to expound on what this means. Because if you continue reading, you will see the ones who Christ preached this to had no idea what he was talking about. I hope today that not through anything that I can do, but through the Word of God, through the Spirit of God, that you will know the truth that is in this text today. His sheep hear His voice. He calleth His sheep out by name. He knows intimately every single person who's here. He was there from the beginning when you were created. He made the first of us Adam. And He knows your name. The Bible talks about knowing every hair on your head and on your body. He knows your name. He calls you and He wants you. I wish I could say this in some other way other than to pray that the Holy Spirit will reveal it to your life to think about that if there was no one else in this world who needed saving, He still would have come and died for you. So no matter how alone you feel, no matter how overwhelmed you may seem, no matter what's going on in your life, know that God knows your name. The same God who made the world, the same God who holds it in the palm of His hand, who is bigger than anything we can imagine, who made everything that we know, knows your name and He calls for you. What a wonderful blessing that we have. What a wonderful thing that we had to know that the God who made the world knows me and He knows you. And He sent His Son to die for you and you and you. And He would have done it if you were the only ones who needed it because He loves you. What a beautiful image. What a beautiful picture that we have in the Scripture of how this works. He knows his own sheep by name and he leads them out. Notice he doesn't drive them out. That's maybe hard for some of us to realize in our Western culture when we uh, herd animals, we drive them from behind, often with a dog or a horse or something of that nature. In this culture and this time, even still today, the sheep are led by the shepherd. God is not behind us with a huge stick hitting us to try and get us to move. He's leading us. He's calling unto us. He does it softly and gently. And He calls and He says, follow me, follow me, follow me. Oh, but like sheep are we not stubborn? Because we can refuse to follow. Have you? Think about that. Before you answer no, Have you refused to follow? Has He ever told you to move and you said no? Has He ever told you to change churches and you said no? Has He ever told you to stop and help someone and you said no, I'm busy? Has He ever told you to pick up the phone and call a friend or go visit somebody and you said no, I have something else to do? Has He ever called you in your heart to be saved and you said no? Oh, we can be stubborn. We can be foolish. We can choose not to lead, but it's never because he's not leading us. The shepherd is always calling. He's always got that example. He's always saying, Come and follow me. It's always us who do the leaving, who turn around and go the other way, and who choose not to obey. Well, how does he lead us? By his voice. It's very simple. He leads us by his voice. Picture the image this way. How would the sheep know the shepherd's voice? How would they know which shepherd to follow? Again, if you look at old customs and practices, oftentimes the sheep would come in for the evening and they would put multiple different flocks all in one pen. How would the sheep know which shepherd to follow? They know his voice. Amen. They know his voice because the shepherd is always talking or singing, or doing something to make noise to let the sheep know who He is. It is no different spiritually for us today. Our Lord and Savior is always talking to us, but do we ever hear? Do we ever actually listen to who He is? Would you know it if He led you? Would you know it if He called you? we see here it says that He goes before them and the sheep follow Him for they know His voice. And a stranger they will not follow. You ever followed a stranger? What about a stranger's voice? I have. I've been misled before. I have become confused over the Master's voice, over the voice of another. Often it's the voice over my own pride and my own selfishness and the things that I want in life. And I, instead of following the Master who calls me and leads me and gently urges me to follow Him, I follow my own desires and the things that I want. And I thank the Lord that sometimes He comes over and grabs me by my neck and brings me back over and says, No. Other times He lets me wander a little ways and experience life. And then He comes back and gets me. I'm thankful for those lessons. I hope that as I age and as I become more wise and as I become to know the Lord more and more, I have less opportunities where I'm just wandering away following another's voice. I was struck by Brother Collins' message last night when he talked about uh, Sodom and how they, they pulled Lot in and they vexed him. Brothers and sisters, if I will contend today if you are not listening to the Master's voice, if you do not know the voice of the Master, then you are listening to the one who rules the world, the prince and power of the air, Satan himself. Amen. It is one or the other. It is never both, and it's not a distinction in between. Amen. You are following the Lord, or you are following Satan. And as he so eloquently and so rightfully said last night, the more we allow the world to come in around us, the more we listen to the other voices that are out there, the less and less we hear the voice of the shepherd. And before you know it, we're a long ways off. Before you know it, we've gone the other way. We've left the safety of the shepherd. And we are able to hear his voice less and less and less Because we know Him in an intimate way less and less and less. Do you know the shepherd? Do you know His voice? Or have you become vexed by the world, to borrow the phrase from last night? Are you listening too closely to the world's voice? Now as I said, if we continue looking and reading, we see that the people didn't understand. They didn't understand the imagery that was here. They didn't understand the beauty that is there between the relationship that Christ is explaining that we have with the Father. And they were confused and it said, this parable spake Jesus unto them, but they understood not. Do you know that understood is the same Greek word I read earlier, to know? What does that mean? They didn't know or understand in an inner, intimate way. They heard everything he said, and they understood it that way, but they didn't understand it here. This is why I had you stand up earlier, because I want you to understand the difference between knowing and hearing what I'm saying, and knowing what I'm saying. There is a distinction and a difference that is important. I want you to understand, you can hear everything I said and understand it, but as Christ said here, and as we see the people who are listening, they did not internalize it, they didn't really know it. I want you to leave today and I want you to know the Lord. I want you to leave today and I want you to know that He's following, that you're following Him. And I want you to know what His voice sounds like. Not here, but here. Don't walk away today and don't know. Ask Him. Beg Him to let His voice be clear. It'll happen. I want you to know. So the people didn't understand. So we see he again gives a similar but different example. And he continues in verse 7. It says, Verily, verily, I say unto you, I am the door of the sheep. All that ever came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not hear them. I am the door. By me, if any man enter in, he shall be saved, and shall go in and out and find pasture. And the thief cometh not but to to steal, to kill, and to destroy... Or you could translate that, destroy to make useless. Is that what we heard last night? Have we been made useless by being vexed by the world? Are we ineffective as individual Christians? Are we useless and destroyed as a church because we've not been listening to the Lord? I come that they might have life, that they might have it abundantly. I am the good shepherd, and the good shepherd giveth his life for the sheep. I want to stop here and go back. Here we see another example of the sheep. And it says that who is the door? That the shepherd is the door. Now, I did some research on this, and what I found is that in ancient customs, and still even today, when a shepherd had to go and keep his flock at night in the fields, they would find an enclosed area to keep the sheep in. They'd gather them up in a corner perhaps of a mountainside or inside of a hedged area. But there were no fences. There were no doors. So what the shepherd did is he slept in the door. And he knew if anything came in, and he knew if anything came out. And so here we have the image of the great shepherd laying himself down in front of us to keep us safe. As he stretched across the door to keep us safe, to keep us holy and pure, He knows if we go in or if we come out. And what He tells us here is that whoever comes in and enters in shall be saved and go in and out to green pastures. So as we picture the sheep and the care and the watch care that the shepherd has for them and how they they are safe and secure and the shepherd is laying down in front of them, literally laying down his life. He's already done that for us. He literally laid down His life for us. He took up a cross that belonged to you and belonged to me, and He chose to lay His life down for us, that we might be able to go in and to come out and have green pastures and life more abundantly. You see, all too often we get caught up in the fact that, well, I was saved on this date. It's been good since. He came to give us life abundantly. He came that we might know who He is. It doesn't end when we get saved. It only begins. He lays down His life for us. What a beautiful imagery. What a wonderful thing to consider of how He gives Himself for us. He's willing to do it again. Now I want to change focus here for just a minute. And I want all of you who profess and claim to have a time and a place to have had an experience with the Lord to listen very closely. Because I want to ask you, do you really know Him? Those who claim to be Christians, do you know Him? Because we know that later on in John chapter 17, it says eternal life is to know Him. That's the point. That's the goal of all of this, is to know Him on an intimate relationship daily level. To know Him. The problem is, even those who claim to be Christians are too much like the Pharisees. Look at Matthew chapter 15, verse 8 and 9. I'll read it very quickly says, His people draweth nine to me with their mouth and honor me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. But in vain they do worship me, teaching for doctrines the commands of men. Again, this is what we heard last night, is it not? What ought we to do when we have people who are astray? Share Jesus with them. Tell them about the knowledge and the relationship that we have with them, not try and teach them commands and doctrines. That come second. But we must be very, very careful as a church and as individuals that we don't praise and worship the ritual higher than the one who made the ritual. It's easy for us to point out when we see other denominations, other religions or other groups who we say, well, they're worshiping idols and we forget that the church that we've built by our own hands has become our idol. We are more intent on worshiping the pews and the hymns and the way that we sing and the way that our preachers dress and the way that they preach and all of this stuff rather than the one who made it all. That is a direct result of failing to know the Lord. So I ask you today, Christians, do you know the Lord? Do you know His voice? Do you hear Him? The reason I had people sit down at different times is because there's different levels of knowing Him. We all know people here. Everyone here knows who God is. No doubt you've read about God. You've heard about God. You've listened to church. But do you know God? Do you talk to Him on a daily basis? Do you spend time with Him like you do and ought to your spouse? Consider Christ died to know you. If there wasn't some reason for us to be here after we're saved, then why are we still here? you ever thought about that? Why didn't it end? Why when I was 18 years old, while my knees hit that ground and the crowd of... 300 people when I was all by myself, when I crawled out to the Lord and I found Him and knew Him for the first time and He knew me, that He not just take me back to heaven with Him. There's a reason. I'm here to do His work. And I'm here to know Him. He wants to know me and love me and talk with me and understand me and help me and guide me and lead me. And over and over again I refuse. Christ died for you to know more than just when you were saved. I'll say that again because I'm proud to say it. Christ died for more than just for you to be saved and know about it that one time. It's a continuous process. Christ died for you to know more than once every four or five years and testify for Him. Christ died for more than the twice a year you take communion. Christ died for the more than once or maybe twice a week that we go to church. Christ died for a daily relationship with Him. Christ died that we might know Him in the power of God. Jeremy said last night that Paul had a greater influence on the city than the city had on him. Why is that? Because Paul knew the Lord. Amen. Paul knew the Lord in an intimate way. Amen. Every day, every minute, every hour. Lord, do I honestly wish I could say I was like Paul. That I sought after the Lord with such vigor. That I served Him with such intent. That when I was going away as He was on His journey, and the Lord told him, don't go that way. That I would not only hear, but that I would obey. Let's see what Paul had to say about it. Turn to Philippians. Philippians 3 and 7. But what things were gained to me, I counted loss for Christ. Yea, doubtless, and I count all things loss, but for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of things, and count, and do not count them, but dung, that I may win Christ. And being found in Him, not having my own righteousness which is of the law, but that which is through the faith of Christ, the righteousness which is God by faith, that I might know Him. Paul was willing to lay everything down. And he did lay absolutely everything down. Paul was likely a very rich man. Paul had a very good pedigree. He was in line for some very good positions. And he gave it all away. He didn't give it away for that one experience. He didn't give it away so he could go to church every Sunday. He didn't give it away so he could donate money, get a tax write off. He gave it away so that he could know the Lord, so that he could know him and follow him and do what he wanted him to do. That's the way we should be as Christians. Are we? Are you? Do you know the Lord? Or do you just kind of fake it? Maybe you're sitting here today and you're wondering to yourself, I don't really know the Lord. I will share with you very briefly, I thought I knew the Lord for years. Nine years old. I knew everything I had to know about the Lord. I had a perfect head knowledge. And I got on my knees one night And I prayed because what nine-year-old doesn't want to be saved? But you know what was missing? An intimate knowledge. I didn't know the Lord. And I didn't know for years that I didn't know the Lord. And I never could understand why my life didn't work the way I wanted it to. Why was there no power in the words that I would say to my friends in high school? Why did I fail to have any influence on anyone in my life? Because I didn't know the Lord. I wasn't saved now we all go through seasons when we know the Lord better than other times we all go through times when we are closer, we're following after the shepherd more and more and closer and closer I hope that you've been through seasons where you are literally in prayer all the time I have, have you? I hope so I hope you know what it's like to just constantly be talking to the Lord listening to His voice and following after Him I will tell you today that if you have not experienced a closeness, a personal knowledge with the Lord since that first time that you say you found Him you ought to reconsider that first time I say that with love and I say that with honesty some of you may be upset with me I don't care I wish someone had told me I wouldn't have wasted so many years of my life thinking I was saved when I wasn't If you're not following closely with the Lord, if you don't intimately know Him and you haven't for years, consider. I wrote this down as I was listening last night. The world does not know Him because Christians either don't know Him, and I use that in air quotes, Either Christians don't know Him or we don't act like we do. The world doesn't know Him and has no desire to know Him because they don't see us knowing Him. Does the world see Him through you? I tell you what, anybody who knows me very well knows that I'm married and anyone who gets to know me very well knows that I love my wife. Because I don't joke about my wife much. Very early on in marriage, I'd get together and some of the guys would talk about their wives in disparaging ways and I'd kind of laugh or go along with it. You know what i do now? i just stop people and say, I actually like my wife. I like to spend time with her. I don't like to be away from her. I don't like to be away from God. I like to spend time with Him. Do you? Or are you faking it? Do you have a head knowledge of the Lord and not a heart knowledge for the Lord? And I'm talking to those who profess to be Christians. Because if we don't demonstrate the love and the knowledge of the relationship we have with Him, the world will never ever see it. Now, lest I leave you with no way to fix this, let me give you some suggestions. Feel free to write them down if you'd like. You want to know the Lord better. You're sure at the bottom of your heart that you had an experience with the Lord that changed your life forever. You know when you met Him for the first time and you've had fits and starts and good times and bad times ever since. Alright. You want to get it better? Here's some things you can do. Remove the sin in your life. Amen. Now don't look at me and smile and shake your head. Everyone in here thought of something. Yeah. Amen. I know that. How do I know that? Because I thought of it when I said it. When I say remove the sin in your life, whatever came into your mind is your conscience, is the Holy Spirit working on you to tell you that needs to leave. Amen. And you need to take that to the Lord. Now the second thing you can do is remove the distractions. Now for that, I don't know what that is for you. Maybe it's television. Maybe it's your phone. Maybe it's your job. Maybe it's good things. Maybe you read too many books. Believe it or not, I've been there. Maybe school is a distraction. I separated these two things because distractions don't have to be gross sin. Distractions can be good things. Profitable things done to a fault to too much excess. What is it in your life that you are putting in front of your knowledge and relationship with God? Get rid of it. The other thing you can do to grow in knowledge of the Lord is to spend time with the other sheep. I'm glad you're here. I'm glad you've chosen to come on a Saturday to church. And for those of you who chose not to, I'm glad your parents chose to make you. (laughs) Spending time with the sheep helps ensure that we know the shepherd. It helps us know that we're in the right place. We need to be with each other. We need to spend time in prayer with the Lord. Again, imagine for a minute anyone who's ever dated somebody or been in a marriage relationship or any relationship. What happens if you never talk to that person? Do you know them? Things change. I try and talk to some of my high school friends that I haven't seen for years. Is it the same? No. I have no real knowledge of who they are anymore. They've changed. I've changed. We are not the same people. And we begin to drift apart. If you said you were in a relationship with somebody else, an intimate, close relationship, and you never talked with them, or talked with them on Sundays every week, you don't know that person. And you don't know God. You have to talk to God. You have to listen to God. You have to listen for when He's calling you, and leading you, and guiding you. And you have to talk back. The sheep talk back. It's pretty. Constantly. To each other and back to the shepherd shepherd could lead them and not have to look back because he knows they're following because he hears you talking back. Prayer is two ways. Listening and talking. We also desperately have to spend time in the Word. And finally, we have to spend time doing things with Him. Doing things with Him. Letting Him lead us to the activities that we're supposed to do. Whether you're called to preach. Whether you're called to teach. Whether you're called to minister. And by that, I just mean take care of other people in that form of the word. Maybe you're called just to be hospitable, to be an encourager, to be uplifting. Whatever it is the Lord has called you to do, if you want to know Him and be close to Him, you have to do it. If you stay in the sheep pen, you'll starve to death. There's no grass in there. There's no food. You have to go out with the shepherd and he will lead you to the good pastures. You see? So I challenge those of you who claim to be Christians. Do you know the Lord? Do you hear his voice when he calls? I pray that we all do. But I do want to turn back very quickly back to our passage in John chapter 10 because there's another vitally important point to this that I cannot miss those of you who've been listening to me maybe closely, maybe not who are not Christians who are not saved who have not experienced that first knowledge of the Lord, who've never actually met Him. You may know Him. Think of my illustration. You don't know Him. This is the part I want you to listen very closely to. Because the Bible speaks in this parable directly to you. If we pick up here in verse 14. It says, I am the good shepherd, and know my sheep, and am known Of mine. The Father knoweth me, even as I know the Father, and I lay my life down for the sheep. If you've never been saved, you don't know God. There is no distinction. And not knowing God is to be an enemy of God. So if you're sitting here today and the Lord is dealing with your heart and telling you, you don't know me, then you can go ahead and assume that that also means you are an enemy of the God. Of the God who made the world. Of the God who made you. Who calls you by name. You are telling Him no. You are disobedient to Him. You are lost. You are a sinner. You are undone and hopeless. You can never know God until you meet Him that first time. It takes repentance. It takes conviction. It takes seeking after the Lord, as He said, while He may be found. It takes wanting to know Him. (coughs) Consider the example that we see here. As the Father knoweth me, even so I know the Father. Think about all the times through Scripture that Christ removed Himself to go pray to the Father. But they're three in the same, are they not? We believe in the Trinity. It's the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Why on earth would Jesus Christ need to remove Himself to talk to the Father? Because He wants to know the Father's will and to do the Father's will. We're no different. We have to do the same thing. The problem is, you can't know Christ with sin in your life that barrier of sin, that guilt that you carry from the moment you were born, that's right, you were born a sinner. You were born not able to have a relationship with the Lord. And you only made it worse. We only make it worse since we go on from there. Think about this. Do we have to teach kids to lie? No. Almost from the very beginning. Did you break that? No. We didn't teach them that. You come out sinful. You stay sinful. And it only gets worse the longer you don't know the Lord. Jesus talked with His Father. The question that we have here is, what do you really believe? Let me again turn to Matthew. I want to read this verse. And for those of you who are not saved, I want you to think about this. Not everyone who saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven. But he that doeth the will of my Father which is in heaven. What's his will? To know him. See the connection? Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name? In thy name have we not cast out devils? In thy name have we not done many wonderful works? And then I will profess unto them, I never knew you. The four most horrible words you could ever hear. That day when you stand before the judgment throne and God who made the world, who made you, says, I never knew you. How is that possible, you say? I went to church. My parents took me to church. Maybe you're a member. Maybe you come all the time. Maybe you even pray to God. Maybe you've read the Bible all the way through several times. If you don't know Him... He doesn't know you. Does God know you? I struggled with this for years after I was saved. The Bible just says, no, I know. It just says, believe and I believe. It's two ways. You see, if we go back, looking here in John, we see that I, uh, it says, and the good shepherd know my sheep and I am known of them. If you go look in verse 27, it says, my sheep hear my voice and I know them. Does the Lord know you? Or do you think you know Him? I heard another preacher, who many of you have heard, give an illustration one time, and it's just so good I'm going to have to steal it. If I go to the White House and I walk up and I say, hey, I know Donald. We're buds, let me in. Right? Secret Service is like, no. Not going to happen. Right? And it doesn't matter how much I tell them about him, they're not going to let me in. I could tell them what brand of tie he wears. I could tell them what hairdresser he uses. I could tell them the type of suit that he has, where he was born, who his mother is. I can know everything about that man. But if that's all it is, I'm not getting in. But if while I stand there, Donald Trump walks out and says, Hey, Brother Ben, I know him. Let him in. What happens? Well, I walk right in. That's what will happen at the day of judgment. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Amen. You can have known everything about the Lord. Took some Bible classes in college, <coughs> learned in men, and went to seminary. And you know what they told me? Some of the greatest Bible scholars they ever knew were not saved. They knew the Bible frontwards and backwards, translated the whole thing, and didn't know the power of God. So don't sit here today and think that just because you're here or just because you have parents or just any reason at all that you actually know God if God doesn't know you. Because you will go before that throne and He will say, I never knew you. And you'll be cast into the lake of eternal torture And as I said before, even at nine years old, everyone knows we don't want that. Do you know the Lord? Does he know you? Simply having a head knowledge won't cut it. You got to know him here, deep down inside. And then you have to show your fruit and evidence by following after him. My sheep hear my voice. Do you hear his voice? Do you hear his voice today? Calling, tugging, quietly telling you, follow me. This is the point when I talk to all of us, whether you are saved or not. You may be sitting here today and you may realize that you have only ever had a head knowledge of the Lord. You need to have this knowledge. You need to know Him on a personal level and you need to get that right immediately. Amen. As soon as you can. You may be sitting here today and you may say, Brother Ben, I know the Lord. I met Him many, many years ago and I have strayed far, far away. I don't. The world doesn't know that I know Him because I don't act like I know Him. Listen for His voice. Let Him tell you what to get out of your life. Listen to Him as He calls you back and obey It says that I know him, them. Does God know you? Is your name written in the Lamb's book of life? Does he know who you are? They follow him. The sheep follow the shepherd. Do you? Are you running off? And are you hiding? Let's get ready to have a song come as I finish. It's more important to know Him than just to say, nah, I know about Him. His Brother Jeff said, it's the most important thing you can ever, ever do in your life. None of us want to be at that point where we look into the Lord and He says, I never knew you. We must, must know Him. And we must Follow him. So I challenge you today, whether saved or unsaved, to consider your state in life, to consider how closely you know him. If you're not where you need to be, would you come get closer? Amen. I never did <clears throat> until I met him the first time. If you don't know Him the first time, why don't you come and try and meet Him? He's right here. You feel Him, I know you do. I've felt it all morning. He's here. He's waiting. He wants you to know Him. He died so that you would know Him. Brothers and sisters, if we're at all concerned about the state of our church, the state of our family, the state of our country, then the best thing we can do is to know Him more and more and more. Amen to give up everything that we have to know Him, to attain the prize that Paul talks about. And that is my challenge today, that those who know Him the first time would continue to know Him. And those who've never met Him, today's a good day. the Lord's dealing with you, deal back. If He's calling with you, follow.